Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Well, hey church, we've been in a series called Getting Back in Shape. Because the fact is that just like our physical bodies, our spirits, our souls can get out of shape, right? We can get to places where maybe spiritually we're not in the same place that we were or just in a bad place in general. And that's why we've been focusing in this series on maybe some things that maybe we've forgotten about. Maybe it's practices. Maybe it's thinking about some things differently. We've been examining some areas that we can improve in to get ourselves in shape spiritually. And so today I want to talk about an area that is so important to our spiritual health. It's the area of prayer. And so today, before I even talk about prayer, I want you to do this. If you got notes today, if you have a phone, I want you to pull it out and I want you to make a little note. Okay, you guys ready? Go ahead and pull them out for me. And I want you to write down one or two words that would describe your prayer life. Your time in prayer with God. Maybe it's the word powerful. You know, when you pray, God just shows up. You just feel the power of Almighty God, or at least you know that God is powerful. And when you're praying, that's what you're tapping into. Or maybe if we're just being honest and direct, maybe it's just pathetic. Like it's just it's just not something that happens a lot. Maybe for you, you'd say, man, my word is intimate. You know, I just feel so close to God when I pray to him. I feel like we're just drawing close to each other. And maybe for some of you, it would be more intimidating. Maybe it'd be something that's not inconsistent. Whatever it is, I want you to write those down. Then I also want you to make a line and write two more words. I want you to write the word, any other words that you would like to describe your prayer life. What are those words that you would like to have describe your time with God? Fact is that to change anything in our life, it often starts with how we perceive things, how we think about them. So, As we start today, I I just want to share with you, ask you to write those down because I think it's so important that we have goals as we try to change our perspectives on things today as we talk about prayer. I want to start off with a story. There's a story of a young lady who calls the new local pastor in town and asks him to come visit her father. Her father is at that point in his life where his health is starting to decline. He's largely in bed and is coming towards the end of his life. So the pastor comes in and he sees that right next to the bed is a chair that's sitting there. And so the pastor kind of makes some comment about, oh, I see you were expecting me. You got me a chair. And the old man with kind of the old man candor goes, "Uh, no, I don't know who you are. And the the pastor kind of is embarrassed for a moment. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Kind of introduces himself and kind of then comes back to it in a moment. And he says, well, if you didn't know anyone was coming, I'm just curious, why, why do you just have this chair just sitting by your bed? just out of curiosity and the old man kind of grins and he says well here's the thing I never really knew how to pray like growing up I never really understood what words I should use I never really got that like you know should I say it this way or should I pray for this amount of time it was always so intimidating to me until finally my best friend changed everything for me he said my best friend said listen Joe here's what you do you just take an empty chair and you sit next to it sit in front of it And you just envision God in the chair. Pretend like God's right there in the chair and just talk to him like you and I are talking right now. And listen to him like you and I are listening to each other right now. He said, because I know it sounds crazy, but Jesus said he'd be with us always. He's already here. So just 
talked to him like he's right there. And he said, man, this changed my prayer life forever. It changed everything about how I prayed because suddenly I was just talking to God like I was talking to a friend. I was just coming and listening to what he had to say for my life. The pastor who was visiting, man, felt absolutely blown away. I mean, he thought, man, that is, that is such an amazing picture of what prayer is. And in that moment, then he just said, man, I, I just want to encourage you to keep doing that. And so he, he just said, hey, let me pray for you. And he went on his way. About two days later, the pastor gets a call. It's a call from the daughter who says that her father has passed away. The pastor says, well, did he pass away peacefully? Was it, you know, how was he? <laughs> daughter says, well, he did pass away peacefully, but man, it, it was the strangest thing. When he passed away, he kind of leaned over out of the bed, and as he passed away, he, he died with his head resting on a chair that was sitting next to the bed. Do you know that God wants to talk to you? Do you know God wants to spend time with you? Do you know God has a word for your life he wants to speak into and shape and mold your life? See, we've been in this series that's been all about the fact that there are maybe some truths in our life that we've neglected or that we've forgotten about. And the first truth I just want to bring up today is, do you know God loves you? Do you know, y'all know that? Do you know he cares for you? Do you know he has a plan for your life? Man, we all say we know that. But it's amazing, and especially in my life, how often we don't live like that. It's like we spend more time trying to fix things on our own instead of running to the one who owns it all. We spend all this time trying to do everything ourselves, and it's crazy how often we forget the fact that we can come before our amazing God, whether it's our job, our kids, our spouse, whatever it is, we can bring it all to God in prayer. It says in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus speaking here, says this. He says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? See, Jesus is saying here that we can ask God for things. And we can keep asking him, keep coming back and asking. In Hebrews chapter 4, it says that we can come boldly before God's throne. Now, does this mean that somehow we're in charge or got some sort of a genie in a bottle or a cosmic vending machine? Absolutely not. Whenever I, th- I read this passage, I think of my son, TV3, three years old. And I love the moments when he comes up to me and he asks me for a granola bar, which, as he pronounces it, is a nooka bar. I don't know where that pronunciation comes from. It's the weirdest thing. But he comes up to me, comes boldly before my throne, which is a stained recliner. And he says, Daddy, nooka bar, please. And in that moment, my son is trusting me that I love him. I'm going to give him good things. I'm not going to bring him a snake, although he would love that. And he, he comes and he says, Daddy, please give me this. Do I always give it to him? No. Sometimes my answer is yes. Sometimes my answer is not right now. Sometimes my answer is no, because there's things that he doesn't understand, like the fact he's already had nine today. Like there are just <laughs> things that have to be 
that he doesn't always understand, but yet he keeps coming back to me. Because even though there's moments where maybe he gets frustrated when daddy says no, he knows that his dad loves him, so he keeps coming back. He knows his dad wants good things for him, even though he may not be able to articulate that. He understands my dad is able to give me good things, so he keeps coming back and coming back and coming back and asking and bringing things to me that I can help him with. In the same way, we should be coming before our amazing Heavenly Father with everything in our life. We should be bringing every single thing that we could possibly face in our, in our life instead of trying to face it on our own. See, so often we see a prayer as something that's intimidating or somehow a waste of God's time, or even worse, we see it as a waste of our time. See, what if I told you that God wants to hear from you? What if I told you that? That, that God really and truly wants to hear from you? I love that picture in the story that we told earlier, this idea of sitting down with God and just talking to him, just bringing him everything in our life and just listening to him as if we're listening to someone speaking to us. Imagine for a moment that you got the opportunity to sit down with Elon Musk, right? And you get to talk to Elon about anything you wanted to, like rocket science. You can talk about electric cars. You can talk about how to be socially awkward and still be successful. I mean, just whatever. What if you had that opportunity? You'd probably take that, right? That'd be amazing. Did you know that Almighty God gives you the opportunity to come and speak to him and hear from him, sit down with him, if you will, just have a conversation I mean, what if our prayer time, instead of all the flowery words and fancy phrases, what if we just, just talk to God and just brought it before him and we're just like, God, I, listen, God, you are amazing. You're incredible. I just, all right, you, you created people, okay? Why are they taking me off so much? I mean, like, seriously, God, I, I, I'm getting ticked off with my family, people at work, people around me. Pe oh, yeah, I am kind of the common factor, aren't I, aren't I, God? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Maybe it's just, God, I, I just got, got this thing going on at work right now. I don't know what to do. God, I got this family member that I, they are struggling right now. They desperately need to know you because you're the only one that can truly change their life. God, I just... What do I do? Do I say something to him? What do I do? You lead, you guide. I just give them to you, Father. See, it's in that moment then when we can come before him and truly speak to him as if we're speaking to a friend that everything starts to change. It's amazing what will happen when we truly talk to God in a way that is like we're sitting down face to face, like we're sitting down in a chair with him and just speaking to him. It's amazing what will start to happen. The Bible says that when we come before God, we're tapping into the power of the Lord God Almighty. See, the Lord God Almighty can do all things, first of all. We see that in Luke 137, it says there is nothing impossible for him. The Bible says that the Lord God Almighty invites his people to pray to him. 
We see that prayer should be made persistently, Luke 18, 1, with thanksgiving, Philippians 4, 6, in faith, James 1, 5, within the will of God, Matthew 6, 10, for the glory of God, John 14, 13 through 14, from a heart that's right with God. That's important. James 5, 16. The Bible says that the Lord God Almighty hears the prayers of his children. It says in Psalms 18, in my distress, I called to the Lord. I, craw- I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him and into his ears. We also know that God answers prayers. Psalm 17, 6 says, I call on you, O God, for you will answer me. Psalm 34 says, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all of their troubles. See, once you meet with God, you're going to discover something amazing. That God doesn't just want to hear from you, but he actually wants to speak into you. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. He has purposes for you, plans for you. The fact is, though, you won't know those until you come and hear from him. So you have to do that, I think, by taking a a book from or taking a page from the book of Moses or from Moses's life. I love what it says in Exodus 33, 11. That the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. What if we could visualize God just sitting in a chair across from us, like the man in the story I told earlier? See, I think so often we struggle because our mindset is wrong when it comes to prayer. So often we think of it as some sort of an algorithm where we have to say the right things instead of just coming and talking to God. Sometimes we struggle because there's things in our life that we're just not sure if God's going to care about, if he's going to understand, if he's going to want to hear from us, or if he can even handle it. You know, whenever I'm bringing something before God, one of the things I really like to do is I like to ask myself three questions. Okay, three questions. You guys ready? Number one, does God know my situation? Does God actually know my situation? Because the fact is that when problems arise in our life, we have a tendency not to ask good questions, right? We have a tendency then to just ask, man, what's wrong with that person? Or what's going on right now? Or why am I hurting? Instead of maybe asking some better questions. And I think this, this question opens everything up. Because does God understand my situation? First question. Well, he, he does. He knows exactly what's going on in my life. The fact is that before I even sit down with him, God knows everything that's going on, right? We believe that this morning, right? Okay, so if we believe that, then the second question I got to ask myself then is this, is it too big for him to handle? Is it too big for him to handle? Because a lot of times we live our lives either like God doesn't know, doesn't care, or isn't big enough to handle it. So then if he, if he is big enough to handle it, well then... What does that mean? We look at scripture, right? What what does scripture tell us? That he's the God Almighty who made heavens and earth, that he can do anything he wants to. Fact is, then that starts to remind me that when I'm going into situations, I ask myself that question because it reminds me of the facts, the facts that my God is able. The fact that no matter what situation I'm facing, My God is able to handle it. We sang it a second ago. My God is able to heal and deliver and restore anything that he wants to. My God is not afraid of my circumstances. He's not not concerned with what's going on in the sense that he can't handle it. 
My God is able to heal and deliver and restore anything that he wants to. I have to keep reminding myself over and over again, no matter what I see, no matter what I face, no matter what thing comes against me, no matter what I feel, my God is able. No matter what thing I'm going through in my life, no matter what moment where it feels like I can't possibly get back up again, my God is able to heal and deliver and save and restore anything that he wants to. Somebody shout that this morning. My God is able. My God is able. Next time you have something you're facing, maybe it's time for you to turn to your problems or to the mountains in your life and just shout it out. My God is able. There's a story of this in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. King Jehoshaphat. It's a great biblical name. He has a moment where he kind of has to ask this question. Okay, if God knows my situation, can he handle it? Is he big enough? It says that there's a moment where the Ammonites, the Moabites, mosquito bites, and all the ites have formed up to form one big ite, and they're coming right for Jehoshaphat. And in this moment, of course, it's a little scary, but, you know, he's a man of God. So, of course, I'm sure that, you know, he wasn't scared at all, or he just said, oh, it's, you know, no problem, but God will handle this, Right? No, it actually says he was terrified. Because he was terrified. I love that moment because it reminds me, it's okay to be terrified. Just who do I run to when I'm terrified? Because Jehoshaphat was a man of God. So when he was terrified, he gathered up all the people. And they came and they prayed and they fasted. And they prayed a prayer that I want to read to you. They said, oh, Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who's in heaven. You are the ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. And in that moment, God spoke and told him it was all going to be okay. They even, because they were so confident in God, instead of sending out the army, they sent out the praise team. The musicians and the worshipers and just went out there praising God. If you know the story, the battle was over before it even started and God gave him the victory. See, in my life, I'm finding over and over again that there are a couple things that I can't handle. Anybody believe that this morning? There's a couple things I can't handle. Yeah, that's very nice of you to think that because that's an absolute lie. Um, there are a ton of things in my life that I can't handle, but I'm finding over and over again, there's a ton of things I can't handle, but there is absolutely nothing that my God can't handle. There's a ton of things that I can't handle, but there's absolutely nothing that my God can't handle. There's nothing too hard for him, nothing too big. So I continue to run to his presence. I continue to believe that my God will not only help me, but he loves me and he wants to help me. I love what it says in Ephesians 3.20 that now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that's at work within us. So first of all, I understand God knows my situation. Second of all, I understand that God's big enough to handle it. So here's kind of the underlying question I think that a lot of people wrestle with. I mean, does he want to? Or should I say, does God have a good plan for my life? I mean, does he actually have good intentions for me? Sure, he's big enough to handle it, but does he want to? I love what it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I can just see the cross-stitch pillow now. Can you see it? You know, it's, it, that is a perfect coffee mug verse. Man, it is absolutely beautiful and wonderful. The problem sometimes is 
we look at that verse and think that means, oh, great, okay, where's, where's my ticket out of the situation? Where's my get out of jail free card? Where's the Lamborghini? Where's whatever it is? God, it says you have good plans for me. Okay, I'm ready. I think we misinterpret the verse because we don't look at the context. I mean, the people that Jeremiah is writing to were enslaved. And when God wrote this, it didn't suddenly mean that he didn't have a good plan before and now he had a good plan. It was always a good plan. It didn't suddenly mean that they were not enslaved anymore and they went home and they never had another problem again for the rest of their life. The fact was that God's plan was always working. See, the fact was and is that God can work in everything, whether it's here or in heaven. All things are going to be made good by our God. Amen. See, in Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Whose purpose? His purpose. See, I had a moment here a while back where I was just really, really, really struggling. My son had had some moments where he was waking up at crazy times at night. And I couldn't go back to sleep. And I, I was just, I didn't have a lot of sleep. My body was exhausted. My mind was in this weird place where I was really struggling with just depression and anxiety. I mean, it, it was crazy. I hated how I felt. I mean, it was to the point where I'm just like, I just, I, I just absolutely hate this. I don't want to do this anymore. And finally, then, as I was studying for the, you know, I, these questions came to my mind. And so I stopped for a second. I said, okay, that's it. I'm done. <sighs> okay. Do you know my situation? Yeah. Yeah, you do. Okay, okay. Um, then can you handle this, God? Like the way I feel? Like are you bigger than my emotions? Are you bigger than all these mountains that seem to be in my life right now, at least in my mind? Yeah, you are. Okay, then. Do you have a good plan for my life? Yeah. Yeah, you do. If I love you and I'm called according to your purpose. Okay. Then in that case, God, I don't like how I feel right now. It sucks. I'm just giving it to you. God, whether you change the circumstances, change me in the circumstances, give me maybe wisdom, whatever it is, God, I just give it to you because it's all yours. And God, I thank you in advance for what you're going to do. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are awesome, God. See, when it comes to emotions, I've been finding that so many people like to hide their emotions. Some people like to hurl their emotions. But it's pretty rare that people just hold their emotions and look at them for a second. And it's even more rare that people take their emotions and hold them out to the one who can solve everything. Because the fact of the matter is that the power of prayer doesn't lie in you or me. The power of prayer doesn't lie in the special words that I say or you say. It doesn't lie in how often you say the words. It doesn't lie in what position your body's in or what sort of beads or candles are you holding or whatever it may be. It has nothing to do with you. The power of prayer lies completely and totally in the omniscient almighty God. The power of prayer comes from Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. Therefore, when I come before Almighty God, I come expecting almighty things. I come expectantly knowing that my God can and will do anything because he is almighty. Amen. Understanding that I expect almighty things, whatever the answer is, whether God choose to, chooses to deny or grant my requests, because whatever the answer to our prayers is, whether it's yes or no or not now, 
The God to whom we pray is the power and the source of prayer. The fact is that he can and he will answer us according to his perfect will and timing. See, if we know that God knows our situation, that he can handle it, and he has a good plan for our life, then maybe it's time for us to just start coming, bringing everything to him, taking all the pretense aside and just talking to our God and listening to what he has to say for us, just spending time with him. See, when we do this, some things are going to start to happen. There's several things, actually four things I want to share with you today. The first one is this. When we come into the presence of God and we sit down with him and we just listen and speak and have him shape us and mold us, something amazing is going to happen. The first one is this. We're going to be encouraged and we're going to see possibilities. We're going to be encouraged and we're going to see possibilities because so often God's possibilities are not our possibilities. It's like 2 Kings chapter 6. I, I love this moment in scripture where all of a sudden Elijah is, is out with his servant and he had made this certain king kind of mad. So this one king decided he's going to do everything he can to basically unalive Elijah. Uh, so he shows up and surrounds this entire house where Elijah is. And Elijah's servant looks outside and he's like, dude, like we are in so much trouble right now. Elijah goes, it's okay. There's more with us than there are against us. Elijah's servant is like, what? Are you crazy right now? What are you talking about? There's more with us. There's like two of us, man. What are you talking about? And in that moment, then Elijah prays a very simple prayer. He says, Lord, open his eyes. And suddenly the servant's eyes are open. He sees the millions and millions of angels that are surrounding what's surrounding them. And sometimes in our life, then when we come before God, we're going to be reminded of the fact that there's a God surrounding what's surrounding us. Suddenly our eyes get opened up to what God's doing. Because the fact is, in the Bible, there's a lot of amazing stories. There's stories of, of hardship. There's stories of grace. There's stories of rejection and battles and miracles and love. But have you figured out yet that you are one of God's stories? You're one of God's best stories. And here's the thing. If you got breath in your lungs, he's not done writing it yet. He wants to tell you something today that you're loved and you're amazing that you're fabulous and you're special, not always because of you, but because of him working in you. See, God wants to show you a way that maybe you hadn't thought of before, his way instead of our way. I love what it says in Isaiah 55, 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways, declares the Lord. That's the reason that we have these sticky notes over here on either side of the stage. Because there's people's names written on there who need to meet Jesus. People who need to know the Lord. And we know the one who can change hearts. We know the one who can draw them closer and closer to him. So we come before him and we pray, God, would you please work? Would you please do something in their life? Would you please change their life? Because we understand that our ways aren't going to change them. Our thoughts are not going to change them. It's only almighty God. That's why every second Saturday of the, of the month, we've been coming together as a church, opening up the church and coming and just, just praying together. And it's been so awesome. If you ever want to join us, every second Saturday, we always come in here in the evenings. It's been amazing because we understand that there's some, that there's some circumstances, there's some people with names on those walls that it really breaks their heart. 
I know for many of you, it breaks your heart because you see what they're going through. You see what their lives are like. You see that you want something better, but it's nothing's working. So we bring them to the almighty God where we can be encouraged and we can see the possibilities that are available with him. So the first thing we do when we come into God's presence and just spend time with him is we're encouraged and we see, see possibilities. But the second one is this. When you come in the presence of God, you're going to know you're not alone. See, we live in a world with hundreds and thousands of online friends. So, so many of us, though, have so many fewer face-to-face friends or even voice-to-voice friends. It's amazing then when hardship comes in your life, you find out who your friends really are. It's like Mike Tyson once said, everybody has a game plan until they get punched in the face. Right? Like it's a great, great philosopher, Mike Tyson. See, in that moment then when you're lying flat on your back, laying on the canvas of life, sucking air, looking up at your hardships, at your struggles, at your opposition and your obstacles, it's so easy to feel isolated and discouraged. It starts to seep in some discouraging thoughts, feeling like maybe I really am alone. Because let me tell you this, Satan's number one lie he loves to tell you is that you're alone. No one cares about you. That is a lie. If you're someone here in this room today, if you're online today, let me tell you what, that is a lie. You have people here that love you. If you're in this room right now, there's people around you that love God and love you. But even more importantly, you have a God who desperately, desperately loves you and sent his son now to die for you. You have a son, you have a God who desperately, desperately loves you. So in those moments, then we get to be reminded of the fact that we're not alone. I love what Deuteronomy 31 says. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord, your God will personally go ahead of you. He will never fail you nor abandon you. See, the greatest friend you can ever have is Jesus Christ. So rather than maybe running to your friends online or running to your friends at work, maybe it's time when things are going good or bad in your life, just come. And talk to your friend Jesus and bring things to him and listen to what he has to say for your life and just come and say, God, you speak. I need you. I can't do this alone. See, in those moments, then we get to be reminded of the fact that there's more with us than are against us, that no matter what we're facing, it doesn't matter because our God is working in it. So that's the, that's the second thing. The third thing that we do is this. In the presence of God, you get to hear what areas of your life need work. You get to hear some areas of your life you need to work on, right? It's everybody's favorite thing to know where where areas they can work on, right? No? Thing is, it's the most important. It's the most important part. Because so often prayer becomes this moment where we come to God with our wish list. And we're like, okay, God, I want this and this and this. When God wants to shape you and mold you into his masterpiece, he wants to turn you into who he's designed you to be. The late Zig Ziglar a motivational speaker and leadership uh, teacher that was absolutely amazing. He used to ask a couple questions at the beginning of his talks. First thing he'd ask is this. Do you believe that there's one thing you could do today that would make tomorrow worse? Everybody would probably believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There'd be one thing I could do today that would make tomorrow worse. Sure. Okay. Do you think there's one thing you could do today that would make tomorrow better? It's a question we don't often think about. What if we came before God and we asked the question, God, is there one thing I could do today that would make my future better? Is there one thing I could do today that would make me better, God? 
What if we came and actually listened to God and to his word, which I think is the most important because God doesn't shut his mouth until you shut his book. But what if we came and we really listened? Let God tell us the areas where we need to improve. We need to change. Maybe it's an attitude that you need to change. Maybe it's someone you need to forgive. Maybe it's a destructive behavior in your life like anger or being critical or gossiping or overeating or an addiction of some sort. Maybe it's a destructive relationship or person that you need to step away from. See, if you really want God to talk to you, he will. Are you listening? See, God wants to sit and talk with you and speak to you. And Maybe instead of saying a quick prayer and then heading off into our day, maybe we pray the prayer that Samuel prayed in 1 Samuel 3 when he said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I love what it says in Psalm 32, 8. God says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. See, God himself wants to personally instruct you and teach you and guide you. Are we sitting down with him to hear what he has to say? The fourth one is this. When you're in the presence of God, you're going to start to sense how proud God is of his child. You're going to sense how proud he is of his child. Do you know that God knows you? I mean, like really, 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 really knows you. Like every hair on your head, every pimple, every freckle, every quirk, every mannerism within your personality, God knows and he created it. He knows who you are. He loves you. He's proud of you. He loves you so much he sent his son to die on a cross for you. The Bible says that we are his masterpiece that he's shaping and molding to look like his son Jesus. God loves you. He's proud of you. Sometimes we just need to be reminded of that. That God is proud of you. I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, you probably saw it on the news or somewhere. At least you should have. Um, my daughter is crawling. No, she's seven months old, right? She is crawling and like pulling herself up on stuff. That's like two months earlier than her brother ever did it. So like in our house, this is way ahead of schedule. Like we are so stinking excited. Like I am so absolutely amazed. I have the strongest baby in the world. But none of you have sent me a card congratulating me. Like none of you seem to care. I've sent the video of her crawling into ESPN's top 20 and they keep rejecting it. No one seems to really care. It's almost as if, like, I'm her dad or something. <laughs> Did you know maybe there's some things in your life that maybe the world isn't that excited about? I mean, the world doesn't really seem to care and seems to kind of gloss over it, but God sees it and he's proud of you? Like the one more day of sobriety you have today? Or the fact you've gotten God's word today? Or the fact that you're a better husband or you're a better mother today than you were yesterday because you're letting God shape and mold you? You look a little bit more like Jesus today? God sees you. He's proud of you. Amen. He loves you. He's right there beside you in every single thing that you're going through. So then, when we do spend time with God, what does that look like for us? I mean, is it kind of like sitting in Santa's lap? Where we sit down and say, okay, Santa, I want this and this and a pony and an iPad. Or is it like sitting in your heavenly father's lap? If you imagine when you were a child sitting in your dad's lap and saying, dad, this is what I need, but 
also, what ways can I get better? See, when we do this, then we have the opportunity to come and sit down with Almighty God and just talk. The first thing I think we always have to do is I think we just got to bring him everything. You just got to bring God everything. All of the fears, all of the hurts, all of the pain, all of the good, all of the bad, all of the wins, all of the losses. And just say, God, it's all yours. God, here's what I'm struggling with. You know that. Here's the things I'm kind of confused about. Here's my questions. God, I just give it all to you. And then we make the exchange. That's the cool thing about listening to God is that he then works in us. We get to make the exchange. We get to exchange our pain. We get to exchange our hurt. We get to exchange all the things we have for his joy, for his peace, for his wisdom, for his power. We get to come before God and and listen to him and exchange our way for his way. We get to come and say, okay, God, here's how I'm feeling about this, okay? Here's the fruit of your spirit working in me. And then we get to the third thing. Third part of that is, first we come and we give him everything. We make the exchange with God and then we just thank him. See, we thank God in advance because we know that he has the victory. We know that no matter what comes, either it's here on earth or in heaven, God's going to make everything right. So we just say, God, I thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for who you are. Say thank you for the fact that I even have breath in my lungs today. I'm going to thank you in advance and just come speak to you. What would it look like in our lives? If we had the kind of prayer life where instead of worrying so much about the, the fancy words or the, the way we say certain things, maybe we had the type of relationship with God where we just came before him and we just said, God, I need you. God, here's what's going on in my life. God, what ways can I improve? Just came and talked to him as if we were talking to a friend. What would that look like in our life? How would that change the way we view prayer? What would it look like to truly have a prayer that comes from our heart when we can come before God and we can truly pray to him like we're talking to a friend and say God here's everything praying from our heart and just dumping it out before him allowing him to shape us and mold us listen to what he has to say for our lives and that's a prayer so I want to encourage you today that I don't know what your prayer life looks like maybe you're someone who doesn't pray very often, can I just encourage you that, man, whether it's maybe taking a chair or maybe it's just when you're driving, when you're in your home today, whatever that looks like, just take a moment just to talk to God and just speak to him and bring everything to him. Let him exchange those things in your life that you're worried about, that you're impatient about and exchange it for his peace and his joy and his love. Maybe for some of you today, Man, you're not really able to pray to God because you've never started a relationship with him. My my prayer is today, that starts today. Whatever it is, I, I hope that we as a people, we as a church would be this people of prayer, that prayer was just something that flowed out of us, that God was always hearing from us as we spoke to him. We're constantly in communication with our good and amazing God. It wasn't just a moment here where we pray when we're at church or pray one time quickly over a meal, but it was something that enveloped our lives, that we had lifestyles of prayer. Would you pray with me right now? God,
I love you. And I love these people here. God, for any of them that are struggling today, God, I just want them to to know you, to know that they're loved by you, to, to know that you have a plan for their life, to know that maybe there's a way that you have that wasn't a way that they'd thought of before. God, I just... Would you speak to them right now through your Holy Spirit, God, and help to draw them close to you? God, maybe if there's someone here today that just doesn't know you yet, God, I pray today would be the day where they truly meet you, where you become their Lord and their Savior right now as they ask you to be that. God, I just thank you for how you're working in our hearts. I pray that throughout this week we would just have this supernatural desire to spend time with you. To just be close to you and be near to you, God. We want to be intimate and close with you, Father. Help to grow us in that each and every day. God, we are so grateful for you, grateful for the fact that we get to worship you, grateful that you truly are our good, good Father. God, thank you for who you are. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless.